I'm Nala Ayed, host of Ideas. In this age of clickbait and online shouting, Ideas is a meeting ground for people who want to deepen their understanding of the world. Join me as we crack open a concept to see how it plays out over place and time and how it matters today. From the rise of authoritarianism to the history of cult movies, no idea is off limits. Ideas is on the CBC Listen app or wherever you find your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Today, my conversation with the actor and singer Leslie Odom Jr., If you've heard of Leslie Odom Jr., it's probably because he starred as Aaron Burr in the history-making Broadway musical Hamilton. Got him, like, overnight success there. Maybe you saw him in One Night in Miami. He played uh, Sam Cooke in that, which is a big role and one he got nominated for an Oscar for. I don't know. Maybe you've listened to one of his albums. Maybe you've heard him on on Q before. I mean, this is a talented dude. I mean, whether he's singing or dancing, he he does very well. My, My guess is if he took up, like, macrame, he'd be very good at that, too. And this has been a big year for him. One, he made his return to Broadway. He's in this show called Pearly Victorious, a non-Confederate romp through the cotton patch, which is his first time back on Broadway since Hamilton and his first time in a starring role ever. Two, he just released a a really great record. It's called When a Crooner Dies. And we talk a little bit about that title in the conversation. But more than anything, here's something I've just been noticing in the eight years that I've been doing this show. This is my eighth, seven years. This has been my eighth, whatever. In the time I've been doing this show. One theme that comes up over and over and over again, and I don't know if it's just the time, but what keeps on coming up is that people look for this fame and they look for this money their entire lives. And the people that get it, it doesn't fix inside of them what they think is broken. And I feel like over the years, I've just had so many conversations with people who realize that and go, now what? I'm not going to say any more than that. Here's my conversation with Leslie Odom Jr. How are you? I'm very well, Tom. Thank you for that generous introduction, man. It's always a a pleasure to talk to you. And I know I know that the introduction is only so nice because you're Canadian, but I, I let it <laughs> I let it make me feel good anyway. That's in that's in, <laughs> yeah that's in our constitution here in Canada. <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit about why you're in New York. I want to talk a little bit about Broadway a little bit uh, uh, later on, but I want to start with the new album When a Crooner Dies. It's a it's it's a really beautiful album. Um, I, I want to be cautious about how much I ask. About about the meaning of the songs behind it, but uh, but right off the bat, I, I, when I was reading about this, I found something really interesting. I, I read you say that when you were making this record, and this is to be expected for someone um, who, who who comes from from the performing arts, is that you used to do a, a lot of takes, vocal takes, hundred yeah. hundreds of vocal takes per song, and on this one, that that wasn't the case. What's what's going on? Yeah, I think, um, you know, really is that I, I started, uh, I don't know, a year and a half ago, two years ago now. Um, I just really started taking better care of myself. At f- first, it just looked like me getting up a little earlier. You know, I woke up an hour and a half, two hours before my kids and my wife to to journal and work out and check in with myself. Not, it, it was this whole process. What I realized sort of um, five or six weeks into doing this, I realized, Tom, oh, this is what loving myself looks like. <laughs> Maybe for the very first time in my life, I'm I'm 
consciously putting myself on the list, conscientiously um, taking care of myself. Like, um, you know, so I started being gentle with myself and I started having this, you know, trying to find the same grace with myself that I have toward my son toward my kids, you know, believing that I'm worthy of that kind of gentleness from time to time. And so it it really, it's not unrelated to the 150 takes that I used to do. You know, I just, I just used to be so unforgiving of myself and so um, rigorous and, and hard on, on myself in ways that I don't think in the long run were healthy. And so this one, yeah, a song like I Surrender or a song like Take Me As I Am, for instance, you know, I mean, I think there's there's some symbolism in that, you know, that that Take Me As I Am vocal, that's the vocal from the writing session. After we we wrote that song, I recorded it a, a few minutes after we wrote it. And that's the one that's on the album. I Surrender is the same way. And so um, there, yeah, there, I found surrender. I found a way to take me as I am. Take me as I am, my hands are glass, my heart is heavy, my bones are bronze, they will not break under the weight of your love. Take me as I am, I'm badly flawed, but I'm madly yours, so take me, welcome to the world. Why were you being so hard on yourself? Um, I don't know where that came from, and I I, I think it. Um, I, 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 let me say I suffer from it too, and I'm 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 sort of asking it so for some answers. Like, yeah, do you do you know where that where that came from? There was probably you know um, those of us that had maybe childhoods where there were there were things that were out of uncon- out of our control that we got we we took real control over the things we could control, you know, and I, and I, I can control myself and I can control how perfect this vocal is. And so I'm going to record it 200 times. And, and, and before I'll let you say something bad about me, that was the thing, you know, nothing anybody's ever said about me is worse than what I've said about myself. Yeah. 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 Nothing, nothing anybody's ever, nobody's ever hit me with a criticism that's, that's worse than I've, said to myself. So anyway, um, there, there's been something healing about, um, about having kids and about, I don't know, reaching this season of my life where, um, it really was the only way I was going to make it through. I discovered, you know, was to, was to find my way towards something that looked like love. You know what? And you know what the thing is too? I, I really did. These are look elementary lessons. We've been hearing about these things since we were little kids, but there really is no way to find more um I, I am able to find more love for my neighbor i'm able to find more grace for the people that i'm in relationship with because i, I am treating myself yeah. better you know, it's like, you know, there's that, that there's that that thing in the Bible, that scene in the Bible where the Pharisees are questioning Jesus. And they're like, you know, which of the laws is the most important? Because they've got all these laws. Right. And it's a test. Kind of any answer he says is going to be wrong, because how dare you? How could you boil this down to to the most important laws? And, and Jesus, you know, he does answer them and he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul and your mind and um, and love thy neighbor as you love thyself. 
I'm, free, I'm paraphrasing Jesus, forgive me. But, you know, so many of us are loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. And we do a poor job of loving ourselves too. Yeah. The great secret about offering yourself compassion is that it makes you compassionate towards other people. Finding finding my way to grace and forgiveness, yeah, yeah for myself. It's like, you know, that, that now I can really look at my brother Tom like I look at my he's just like me. Yeah. So of course he of course he made a mistake today. Of course he that's okay. I make mistakes. Yeah. I made one this morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's so yeah, it's just it's just been a an outflow of that. I'm learning how to be gentle with myself. On a musical level, when when you come from when you come from um, sort of high level, like Broadway is not not traditional folk music. Like I come from traditional folk music where the where the imperfections are the joy, and in Broadway that is not the case. So just on a on a musical level, and you come in here, you're only doing one take or two takes. How do you how do you embrace imperfection? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I've um you know, I I've I've long loved folk singers. And and I my favorite thing is a is a human voice. Is a voice, you know, my the thing that touches me most is not the most perfect pristine voice in the whole world. It's the it's the voice that communicates something. It's the voice that sounds like a fingerprint. You know, and sometimes that voice is weathered. Sometimes that voice is rough. Sometimes that voice is kind of croaking the notes out. It's just speaking the notes out. And like that thing can, you know, oh, man, that can that can make you want to crawl under your seat. You're crying so hard, you know, so I've long loved it in other singers and other people. I've just had to, you know, find a way to to allow my to to allow the light to shine through my cracks as well, you know, cause the truth is, um, yeah, it's really, the, it's the only thing, it's the only thing that really is worth anything, you know, to, to show, to show, to show other people when we allow ourselves to be a mirror in that way, when we allow ourselves to be flawed and, and, um, you know, beautiful and human in yeah. front of our and, audience. And, and flat they, and sharp and, and, and raspy and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They, they're, see, they're looking at a mirror. They're looking at something that looks like them, you know. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. More of my conversation with Leslie Odom Jr. coming up. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Here's more of my conversation with Leslie Odom Jr. I tell you another way I'm seeing you sort of protect yourself a little bit, uh, if you don't mind me saying. I see you laughing at me, but I, 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 I see it. What? What? <laughs> Go ahead. I do. I, another way I think you might be uh, protecting yourself a little bit is I, I was doing a bit of research in, into you uh, for, for this record. And, you know, the, the, the title, uh, When a Crooner Dies, obviously, obviously very evocative. And we are in a time in our society, and I'll take some uh, culpability for something like this, but we're, we're in, a, in a time 
in our society, actually, that was just me doing negative self-talk there, Leslie. That's all that was. We're in a time of our society where um, we're expected to share a lot of ourselves, a lot of our own stories, uh, the traumas, the tragedies, the things that the things that we've been through. And I read this quote where someone was asking a little bit about the, the songs in this record, and you said, at this point, I'm much more interested in the stories other people are going to write around my songs. I know what my story is and maybe one day I'll share it. And I was curious about what you meant by that until I started talking to you in this conversation. But it sounds to me like you're protecting yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you're on the money with that. And it's that thing of, you know, whenever you get some artist telling you, spoon feeding you exactly what it means and what it meant to them, it just shuts down, you know, all of the beautiful ways, you know, the the audience, when people are generous enough, when they make time to take in the work, they can illuminate things for the artist that I might not even know were there, might not realize were there. I think art, um, when it's done um, at my favorite level, it is it is created on the conscious and the subconscious level. So there there are things that are hidden in the cracks, the nooks and crannies. Um, there are things that maybe I never intended, but somebody else discovers this double entendre, and I'm like, whoa, you know. So um, and I and I just think that you know the more I'm up explaining exactly what every single thing means, it stops somebody else from possibly discovering their own meaning. If I listen to a song and I know exactly what it's about biographically for you, I won't then put my own experience into it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have, I have, I I have so many albums that I, that I love that, that are, that are deeply personal to me, you know, cause I've connected them to a specific time in my life that they, you know, and so the, the titles of those albums mean something to me, something the artist may have never intended that song. Um, you know, I, I might've played that song at my wedding or at my grandmother's funeral or, but you know, that, that the artist is like, Oh, that, you know, that's not what I, that's not what I meant by it. But um, there's a wonderful thing that happens when when the art is given away and then um, a, a new kind of collaboration starts. You know, there's a new dreaming that happens between uh, the artist and the audience. How does Hamilton, an arrogant immigrant, orphan, bastard, poor son, somehow endorse Thomas Jefferson, his enemy, a man he's despised since the beginning, just to keep me from winning? I want to be in the room where it happens. How is being back on, on Broadway? I mean, um, because I guess on a couple of levels it's interesting. You know, uh, you, you were in Hamilton. You and I talked about this last time and how hugely important that was for, for your career. Um, yeah. And now you're, you're, you're back on Broadway with, with Pearly Victorious. It seems to me like you've learned a lot. It seems to me like you've been through the ringer. Fame is a fame is a disorienting thing, and fame for a a specific project like uh, Hamilton is a is a is a unmooring thing. How's how's being back on Broadway? Oh, it's it's been it's been the most healing, wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, I'm I'm back. I'm starring in this one. You know, Hamilton was called Hamilton. I didn't play how I played Burr. It wasn't called Burr. Yeah. (laughs) This is Pearly Victorious. And I'm 
Pearly Victorious in this. That's the, this is my first time doing that. And uh, Nicolette and I are on the producing team. So I was one of the lead producers of this. I am one of the lead producers of this production. It's, uh, it's been six years in the making. And um, so, so all of that, um, learning these new things, uh, getting to be a part, uh, you know, an, an integral part of um, the experience you have when you walk inside the music box theater, you know, um, I, I'm just, I'm just so overjoyed. So, so proud of it. And, um, and, and it's the genius of Mr. Davis too, because this is a, you know, it's, it is a, you know, we deal with cha challenging emotional, um, you know, uh, emotional material in the play, but it is done so joyfully, Tom. You know, he knew, uh, he sat down to write a, a play about his childhood and he realized a third of the way in that it was just too painful to ask an audience to sit through. Yeah. And so the first act of generosity from Mr. Davis was was writing it with this humor, was letting us laugh our way into our healing. And so it's just a, it's just a magical experience. Why, why was this the play you wanted to come back with? Quite frankly, it sounded harder than what I'd just done. I mean, that's what I'm that's what I'm always trying to do is, you know, I'm trying to find something that is more challenging. And that's that's that was a that was a hard thing to find with imagine after Hamilton and Burr, you know, which was the which was bar none, you know, the, the bar none, the hardest thing that anybody had ever asked me to do. And um Pearly Victorious is harder. And uh, as we come to the, you know, Feb we close on February 4th and, you know, I'm already I'm starting to think, well, what would be, what, what would be harder than this, you know? And, and that's, and there's uh, when, when you, because yeah, the, the win is sweet when you, you know, when you, when you achieve, when it, when it happens in the way that you envisioned it and the way that you hoped it might, you know, so that that's why the challenges, you know, grow and the, the bar gets higher and all that. Before before we let you go, and you've been so you've been so generous, and I, I'm already over the time allotted with you, but I'm gonna I wanted to get a story from you because last time we talked, um, it was it was um, one night Miami was just about to come out, and yeah. and then I was I was there uh, watching the Oscars. And and then and then I saw you. I saw you on the Oscars. It was very exciting. Listen, gratitude is assumed and and magic is assumed, but I'll never get to go to the Oscars. Tell me, tell me, unless they have Oscars for radio hosts that look like Al Borland, I'm never going to go to the Oscars. When when is shout out shout out Richard Kern? Hey, when um, tell me something I don't know about going to the Oscars. Say something you don't know about going to the Oscars. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you don't know. Tell me something. Tell me. Tell me what it's like. What's it like? These moments. I don't want to get addicted to a, achievement. You know, like it's got to be this and then this and this. Like you know, some of this stuff you gotta let it satisfy. I may never be back at the Oscars, and that's okay. I was there this one time for to playing Sam Cooke. Yeah, yeah. Of all, I mean, like if I never go back again, I I, I have that one. So. I'm feeling good, man. I was listening to Sam Cooke yesterday. I was listening to, uh, remember that recording of um, Jesus Gave Me Water? Jesus gave me water. Jesus gave me water. Jesus gave me water. I'm going to let it, praise it, swear. 
Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Soul stirrers, right? Sam cooking the soul stirrers. Yes. Yes. And it was not from the well, man. It is. That's a. Um, unbelievable. Not? Yeah. Un- yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, listen, I'm not going to get you to, to, to go out on that. Um, um, I, I love the record so much and I can tell how much it means to you. We always play a song from the uh, 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 from the record after after we air our interviews. Typically, I pick it. But I'd love, I'd love for you to pick it. I'd love for you to pick which song. And you know what? Because the reason I say that is because it doesn't have to be the single. Um, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. What, what's a song that, that you'd like to hear uh, after this interview? You'd like, you'd like folks to hear, I should say, listening to this. Well, this, um, this actually was the first single, um, and it felt, it felt rightly chosen. So if, the, if this is the first song that you're hearing from this project, When a Crooner Dies, um, I'm more than happy with that. It's a song called Show Me, uh, and it features a beautiful singer named uh, Tatiana Clark, and she's also one of the writers. And so uh, this is Show Me. I can tell that you have um, gone through something I can tell that you have come out the other side of it, um, and I, I get such a great sense of, of peace off you, and such a, a great sense of love off you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to talk to you. Thanks, thanks so much for making the time. Thanks, Tom. Till next time. From his brand new album, When a Crooner Dies, that is Leslie Odom Jr. and Show Me. A very um, spiritual conversation with Leslie Odom Jr. I like being called Brother Tom so much. I'm I'm into that. Uh, The other conversation we have up today is Talia Schlanger's conversation with Lily Gladstone, the star of the most talked about movie of the year, Killers of the Flower Moon. Go check that out. See you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.